Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. What is it to grow spiritually? Well, many think that to grow as a Christian is simply to acquire more scriptural knowledge through diligent study of the Bible. But genuine spiritual growth, as the Apostle Peter indicates in his first epistle, is to take the Word of God not merely as doctrinal knowledge, but rather as food, as nourishment. In fact, he likens the nourishment in the Word to milk, nourishing a growing infant. This picture in 1 Peter confirms that genuine growth in the Christian life is organic and not academic. We have been regenerated with the divine life of God, and just as newborn babes, our first requirement is to take the real nourishing supply so that this divine life can grow within us. Matt Miller has joined us for our fellowship today. Matt, we've come finally to chapter two, but we're going to have a nice, uh, I think, summary and overview of chapter one, aren't we also? Chris, I'm really looking forward to today's program because it's a summary of chapter one, which is a great chapter. I've seen a lot of it preparing for this program, and it transitions into an amazing opening in chapter two. I'm really uh, praying that the listeners can enter into the inspiration that I've got, and I think if they stay with us, they'll get some light from this program today. Yeah, Matt, we've had uh, two weeks of uh, life studies, really, on chapter one. It's a chapter that is full of uh, profound things, great things, uh, issuing in some seemingly small things uh, that confirm the effect of God's operation in his full salvation. But I thought one interesting fact was that I think many know that chapter two begins with this matter of the milk of the word. So it begins with the word, but chapter one also ends with the word of God, doesn't it? Yeah, it does in... uh I really like these verses. They have a special meaning to me personally, so I'm going to read it if that's okay as we get into it. It says, verse 23, 24, and 25 are the end of chapter 1. It says, Having been regenerated, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass has withered, and the flower has fallen off. But the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which has been announced to you as the gospel. When I was in college, I was playing basketball, Chris, and this word was became real to me when I read this as a college student because I was there, I was playing on a basketball team and seeking the glory as a young person and many right. seeking different glories. And it talks here about all flesh is like grass, it's going to wither, and the glory is like the flower that will fade. So... The point is, is everything's going to go. Even if you can achieve what you're seeking after, it's still going to fade away. It may be a glory. Even if you're the best basketball player or the best whatever you're seeking glory in, it's going to fade. The only thing that will abide forever is the word of the Lord. And this word we're going to see is an important thing that transitions into these opening verses in chapter 2, the guileless milk of the word that we need to long for. Matt, as we've uh, discussed on some of the uh, previous programs in this life study of First Peter, even though Peter's writing is full of great truth, I mean, you know, the first 12 uh, verses of chapter 1 
profound, great, rich truths, but it's not written in a doctrinal way. When we read about Peter in the Gospels, we saw this person who, you know, was so sort of spiritually inept and matched us, I think, in so many ways. And yet something gets constituted and wrought into him in the course of his uh, dealings and sufferings and trials and all those years that uh, he spent both with the Lord physically and then under the training and the discipline of the Holy Spirit. And it really produces something uh, remarkable This vessel, this uh, uneducated fisherman has become a conduit, really, for the divine revelation with marvelous expression. But it's very experiential, and I think that uh, that is also a point of emphasis in our program today as we look at these first couple of verses in chapter 2 that introduce the importance and the need of this word, but through a different uh, perspective. He's not talking about, you know, exhorting us just to study the word in an academic outward way, is he? Well, no, especially because he refers to the word as milk. Do you study milk or do you drink milk? There's an advertisement that says milk does a body good. Well, this kind of milk, the milk of the word, does your soul good. This is what we need for our soul. Anyway, I'd hate to say too much before we get to Witness Lee, but you know, you talk about this matter of experience, and Witness Lee makes a comment in his printed life study that he didn't understand this portion of Peter when he read it 50 years ago. Right. He said, but now through his experience over the last 50 years, he understands it clearly and he understands where Peter was coming from. And there's something that very particularly in mind when he wrote this and through our experience and through the sharing of Witness Lee from his experience, it's just like an open sky that becomes so clear and it's very applicable and practical word that we can apply to our experience. Well, we're going to get to that, uh, but we want to begin with this uh, short section that really gives us a wonderful bird's eye view, overview of chapter one. Here's Witness Lee. First chapter gives us a complete section of the book. We have seen clearly, number one, the triune God operates over his chosen people to carry out his economy, to bring his chosen people into the participation in the triune God. Then it goes on to show us how this operation of the triune God produces the full salvation, which is composed of the Father's regeneration, the Son's redemption, and the Spirit's sanctification. Thirdly, this full salvation issues in two matters. Number one, the holy manner of life to express God. And number two, the unfeigned brother love to love all the saints one another. These two matters just show us a real church life. The real church life, on the one hand, it just express God, and on the other hand, 
to love one another. Just two words, holiness and love. You have to see this is a clear summary, right, of chapter one. So chapter one stands complete by itself. If you have this bird's eye view, surely you would love chapter one. I love chapter one because of chapter one. I love Peter. How about you? Well, I think Matt, we love Peter. First of all, because early on we get to see、uh, so much of ourselves in him, but I think we have to appreciate and love him more for what he became, don't we? Yeah, Chris, this is a, a phenomenal picture that Peter gives in this chapter one. That Witness Lee says is a self-contained chapter that、yeah. gives the operation of the Triune God. You have the Father's regeneration, you have the Son's redemption, you have the Spirit's sanctification to issue in our full salvation. The full salvation of which results in our Holy manner of life before God, and it has an unfeigned brotherly love toward all the members in the church, which is a picture of the genuine church.、Yeah. You know, at the beginning of the life study, Witnessly said that this chapter, summarizing it, is the full salvation of the Triune God and its issues. So you have the Triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit operating on us for His economy, and the result is an issue: a holy manner of life toward God. A Unfeigned brotherly love toward the saints, and this is the normal church life. We all long for something in the church that would be normal. This is a picture of the normal church life.、Um, let's expand that just a little because、uh, we have made mention now several times of the context in which Peter uses this term salvation. It's different than just the initial salvation that we find in maybe in the Book of Romans and other places. That just talking about our initial experience of receiving. Uh, you know the forgiveness of sins and receiving the eternal life as a free gift of God, and that qualifies as salvation in its initial aspect. But the salvation Peter's talking about here is this salvation that has to be grown into, and it's been described. And I think the term that Witness Lee has used and will use in this、uh, life study is very appropriate—a full salvation. And so the church life that issues out of this full salvation, Matt, is not just an assembly of forgiven people, is it? That's right, Chris, and.、Uh Verse nine, Peter said, "Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls." So the end of your faith is the salvation of your souls. This is not the beginning of your faith. This is the end of your faith. So it's a salvation over a long period of time, our whole lifetime. We've talked about this in other programs.、Mm-hmm. Our spirit gets saved initially. You know that which is born of the spirit is our spirit in、right. John chapter three, and in our body will be. Transfigured in the twinkling of an eye, and we see in First Thessalonians, but the salvation of our soul takes an entire lifetime. And a key component of that is what、uh, Peter brings us to in chapter two. Therefore, putting away all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envyings and all evil speakings, as newborn babes long for the guileless milk of the word, in order that by it you may grow unto. Salvation. Again, you see the salvation there. Really, so not just the initial salvation. All right, let's、uh, join Witness Lee for this marvelous point. I love this portion just ahead. Therefore, putting away all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envyings 
and all evil speakings. We all know the sinful things are of many atoms, hundreds of atoms. But Peter only picks up five categories, putting away all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envyings and all evil speakings. Malice is the root, the number one. And evil speaking is the last, the expression. Gale, hypocrisies, and envyings. And these three things are just three downhill steps. These steps begin from malice and reach evil speakings. Now the following verse says, as newborn babes long for the gallless milk. Peter's writing here indicates that gallless is in contrast with gale in verse 1. Peter's writing with a purpose to show us a contrast. Out from your malice, there is one thing, that is guile. And uh, what can shut up your guile? There is a kind of a nourishment. And the nourishment is a kind of a antibiotic. And this is the guileless milk of the word. In the word of God, there is a kind of nourishment which may be considered milk for your inner being. To nourish your inner being like the physical milk nourishes your body. And within this milk there is an element that can kill can shut up your gale. So, this milk is the gale-less milk. Matt, if God's salvation is a full salvation, surely it must include a kind of salvation from things like malice, guile, uh, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. And uh, the way given to us here shows us that it is really a marvelous, organic salvation, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Chris. And, you know, when you mentioned earlier about experience, uh, you can tell from Peter's experience, he didn't just randomly use these words. But as Witness Lee pointed out, he uses malice first. Therefore, putting away all malice. Malice is the root, the evil wickedness that's within our being. And out of that root, you take these steps downward. Yeah. The steps from malice to guile, hypocrisies, and envyings. If we don't deal with that root that's deep within us, that people don't see, it's not expressed by itself. It gets expressed through the hypocrisies, the guile, the envyings. And then the end result is the evil speakings. So you can really see the root of malice, the three downward steps, and the outward expression of evil speaking. If we had the light, Chris, to see 
the evil speaking and the damage it does to the body of Christ that's not dealt with that comes from this malice. But the thing I'm encouraged about is there's a solution. Yes. And that's where we go to this next verse where it talks about the desiring, longing for, the guileless milk of the word. You know, uh, that verse in a lot of translations, they don't use this word guileless milk. Uh, but the recovery version does, and that's the way we're reading it. The King James, I think, uses sincere milk of the word. Right. But I looked in the Vines New Testament Greek dictionary of mm-hmm. word, and that literally means guileless. And Peter was using that as a contrast. The guileless milk of the word is in contrast to the guile that's in our being, one of those downward steps from the root of malice in our being. Yeah, it's kind of the first step down in the manifestation of the malice that, as you said, very accurately, I think, is resident within us. It's resident in our fallen human nature. Malice just exists there. And then it begins to manifest, and initially through this guile, in which we all have, you know, occasionally we'll make a comment about a person, oh, he, that, that one is just, he's just a guileless person. There's no falsehood there. But the contrast here, and I appreciate so much the recovery version, witnessly connecting verse 1 and verse 2, he's showing the nourishing milk of the word really contains the antibiotic for these uh, these conditions, doesn't it? It does, Chris. And one of the most striking things about this to me that Witness Lee is going to bring out in the next point, so I hope we can kind of get there, but is that if we don't take care of this malice, we will lose our appetite for the word of God. You need to stay tuned for this last section with Witness Lee because it's really clear. If we've lost our appetite, then that's the result of the malice the steps downward. You're speaking evil. That evil speaking kills your appetite for the Word of God. All right, let's join Witness Lee. I like to point out when you are full of malice, full of envyings, speaking evil about others, you have no appetite for the Word. You don't have any desire. You are not hungry. You're not thirsty. For the word of God. If you lack to be hungry, thirsty after the word of God, to long, to desire for the drinking of the milk in the holy word, you have to hate your malice. You have to shut up your mouth from speaking things evil concerning others. If you do this, the antibiotic gets into your fibers, it kills all the germs. To be saved from malice, gale, hypocrisies, envyings, and evil speakings, it is not a matter by our doing, by improvement, by adjusting, by correcting. No, it should be from within. Suppose I got the germs in my physical body, in my blood, in my fibers. You wash me using the best, the most effective detergent. You wash me, even you take off one layer of my skin. You can't make it. That won't work. The best way to clear up your body from all these bacteria, germs, is to take 
the antibiotics to get your body nourished, let your body grow. Then when you grow, you grow unto salvation. And this inner growth spontaneously saves you from all the germs, from malice, from guilt, from hypocrisies, from endings, and from all evil speaking. Matt, there's a wonderful verse in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, and I learned this verse as God's bar of soap. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I live by this verse every day. We'll cherish it through eternity. But that is just the outward kind of cleansing. That's the sort of scrubbing that he was talking about, which we definitely need because when these five things manifest, they create offenses that we need to take care of with First uh, John 1, 9. But that doesn't deliver us, does it, from the five things that are still resident within us? No, the real deliverance comes from the milk for our soul, the guileless milk that comes in and metabolically scrubs our inner being like food. I mean, if we don't eat right, we become sick. It's the same thing. If we don't eat the Word of God, we're going to become sick spiritually. Yeah. And so it's, it's really a, an interesting attack of Satan to cause us to get wrapped up in evil speaking. We get mad at someone. We just start saying evil things about maybe an elder in our church or someone else, and we get wrapped up in envying. And then as a result of that... It's cancerous almost, it's, isn't it? it? Yeah. It's cancerous. And then as a result of the cancer, we lose our desire for the Word. What a tragedy, because the Word's the only thing that's going to heal us of the cancer. And so our solution of the Word is cut off. So... I appreciate it in the life study, Witnessly. We don't have time on the radio to do it, but he gave a prayer. You know, when a brother would get into this situation where he's lost his appetite for the word because he has evil speakings, Witnessly gives a long prayer in there, Lord, forgive me for my evil speaking. Have mercy on me. I take your cleansing. I lay my hands on you as the trespass offering and as the sin offering. I want to enjoy you. Bring me back to your word that your word would have a way in me to be the milk for my soul to save me with the antibiotic to kill these germs in me that are causing me to speak evilly and have malice. Yeah. So once you do turn to the Lord and have the cleansing that you talked about in 1 John 1, 9, because you do need that cleansing, then you get the word and it gives you a deeper cleansing. It's like a twofold cleansing process, a first cleansing to come back to the word, a second cleansing to get more scrubbing inside. Matt, there's a great old hymn, we all know it. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Be of sin the double cure. Save me from its guilt and power. That's a good application of that hymn. Really so. Good fellowship today. I mean, it seems like we can't miss with these life studies in uh, Peter, can we? They're just so rich every day. We're seeing Peter revealed, I think, in a very fresh way. Witness Lee asked the question, uh, how do you feel about Peter? I love Peter. <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and, you know, in Witness Lee's ministry, you have to say that he thoroughly got into the New Testament ministry, of which the Apostle Paul wrote 14 of the 27 books in the New Testament. So the Apostle Paul's revelation is is a major revelation. And so sometimes you think, well, maybe we don't appreciate the other writers as much, but I feel like today Peter is the top. 
Yeah. I appreciate Peter to the uttermost, the way the Holy Spirit spoke these, at least chapter one and these first few verses of chapter two. It's an incredible revelation that's so applicable experientially to us coming from the experience of the Apostle Peter. Yeah, reading the pages of the Life Study, which I hope our listeners will uh, take advantage of and get copies of for themselves, you can see Witness Lee was having a similar experience here as his appreciation for Peter was just, it seemed growing with each message he was preparing and then giving in this Life Study. Peter only had eight chapters, Paul had 14 books, but without Peter, it's not a complete package, and we really appreciate uh, what is being opened up to us day by day. I'm really glad for the opportunity to get into it like we are, Chris, and I hope our listeners would do the same. Yeah, and if you'd like to do that, contact us. I'll give you our toll-free number here, and uh, we can make sure that you get these printed life study messages for both First and Second Peter, also the book of Jude. Uh, in this two-volume set. We'll send them off to you. Contact us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And we'll return tomorrow as we continue now in Chapter 2 in the book of First Peter in our current Life Study. For Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wild. Thanks very much for listening today. Witness Lee's remarkable commentary on the life of Abraham, taken from the life study of Genesis, is now available from Living Stream Ministry in a single volume entitled Abraham Called by God. Abraham Called by God by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.